Welcome to Reverse Psychology, the Fraser Rewatch podcast where we go backwards through every episode of the show. Tonight, we are covering Season 11, Episode 17, Hoots and Ladders. Is this the time Fraser plays Clue while everyone else is playing Snakes and Ladders? We'll find out. I'm your host, Curtis Shack. Joining me as always, it's our resident upside downer. It's Ryan Sansone. Hoot, coot, kachoo to you, Curtis. <laughs> also with us today, our mystery guest. Ooh, I wonder who it is. <laughs> Whoever it is, I'm sure he's very good looking, very single, and very ready to mingle. Well, he speaks in the third person, so we don't like him. He just knows how to be suave and stylish. Does he? He sometimes needs to be reminded just to stop talking, but yes. <laughs> well, before we dive into this episode, uh, Ryan, you had a question you wanted to ask us. Yeah, I don't think it's okay to promote uh, real person violence, but uh, I do think it's okay to propose uh, to pitch fake crimes. So I thought in the spirit of this episode, uh, is there any old ladies that you guys would like to commit a crime against specifically fictional ladies? Uh, mystery guest. How about you? Yeah. yeah um, huh, let's see. Fictional old ladies that we want to commit a crime against. Um, yes. I'd like you to preferably name the lady and the crime, but I will accept at least one of those two answers. It can, it can be it can be um, TV show movie anything right? It could be book. It could be an Great. artwork. It could Great. be your imagination. So for this one, I'm not a hundred percent sure if she is an old lady, but as a child, I believe she was an old lady. So we'll go. Good with enough. That. Yeah, I'm going to go with Corella Deville. Ooh, I think she's an old lady. Yeah, she certainly yeah. is in the live action movie. Um. Yeah, and what I think I would do to her. Is, oh wait, no, wait. Is that Emma Stone? Yes, it is. I was just going <laughs> to ignore that terrible uh, comment. But wait, 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 I think you're talking about uh, who? Who's the other one? Um, Glenn Ellen Close. Oh, yeah, Glenn Close. Close. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And yeah, Glenn, I thought that was Cruella Deville. I forgot Glenn, the plot of that terrible movie. Glenn Close has been uh, old for like 50 years, so it works. Um, but I, I, so the, I have to say the crime I would do. We'd prefer it. Yeah, okay, cool. What I think would be the most ridiculous thing to do to Corella DeVille is put her in a tank and have piranhas eat her. Whoa. Oh. oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. You want to do the Dr. Evil murder. Exactly, yes. <laughs> um, why? Well, because she, she did terrible things to dogs. Piranhas are like evil dogs in the water, so why not? I don't remember the plot of 101 Dalmatians. Was she evil to them or did she just own them? No, she was evil to them. Um, she wanted to make a jacket. Was that? I genuinely don't remember if that was the plot. Only on a Fraser podcast can you also get a podcast about <laughs> Corella DeVille and 101 Dalmatians. So <laughs> subscribe now. <laughs> well, how about you, Curtis? What, uh, what old lady would you like to commit a crime against? Well, this is a this is a really tough question because as most people why? know, what what let me I was just going to tell you why. Um, <laughs> as most people know, uh, in Hollywood, uh, you know, w- women age out around forty, so uh, there aren't that many old women uh, roles to to consider. Uh, so I'm going to say also Glenn Co- Close uh, this time from uh, the movie Air Force One, where she is playing the vice president. And uh, the crime I'm going to commit against her is, um, you know, 
Uh, uh, I do not. Uh, I'm just, it's going to be a crime of passion. How about that? Ew, that was way worse <laughs> than what you could have picked. You should have picked a real crime. Uh, yeah, I'm be honest. I, uh, I, I know you gave us this question ahead of time, but I did not understand it and did not prepare for it, even if I did understand it. So I that's my bad. I, I answered the question correctly. I still don't think I understand it, but it worked. Yeah. I want to hear what your, your kind of, uh, what the correct answer was, let's say. So I assume that you guys have seen the uh, magical movie Encanto. No, I have I, not, because I do not have a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know anything about children's shows, so I have not seen it. Good. So this is a movie about a magical family uh, that live in a magical house, and it stars a girl who's not magical. Uh, she has a grandmother who's named Abuela, and she is also, as far as oh, I can tell, hold not on, magical. Hold on. Is her name Abuela, or is she just called Abuela because that's the name in yeah. Spanish for grandmother? I, I believe her title's Abuela. Ryan, your Spanish is so bad, Ryan. Your Spanish has always been bad. We, we don't know her actual name, but I, I, she goes by Abuela in the film because she's everyone's grandma or great-grandma. Uh, but the point is, she is awful to our main character because, you know, she, um, I, I don't really know why, other than she's kind of like the embodiment of her failures and fears. The important thing is Abuela sucks, and we hate her, and everything she does kind of is the only problem in the whole movie. So what I'd like to do to Abuela is I'd like to kidnap her and Jeez. drop her off. And <laughs> Relax, I want to drop her off into the, the middle of a town, nowhere near anyone she knows. So that she can recognize just how worthless she is. I don't want her to be like in danger. I just want her to understand that she relies on her family too much. And she's way too hard on Mirabelle. Abuela sucks. Well, this took a weird turn. What do you mean? It's about a magical house with a magical family with a shitty grandma. What's confusing? I thought of a real one. I'm going to, I'm going to change my answer to Lucille Bluth from Arrested Development. Oh, that's a good one. Why? Because, because Are are you sticking with crime of passion? You have always been into her. Oh, you ruined my punchline. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess we should talk about this episode then. I regret nothing. We open with a rain cloud over Seattle and a nervous Frasier pacing. Niles comes to hear the long-winded tale of Frasier committing a crime. Yeah, um, can we talk about the, the title court card? Yeah, the, it, it turns again, out that they, they are super relevant to the episode. Yeah, but here's the thing. We'll have to keep watching it. I'm not sure it is every time. I really believe sometimes they just mess with us. How many seasons deep are we going to get where you're like, okay, fine, I admit it. It's totally relevant to every episode. Because I think we're on six in a row now. Well, I will also jump in and say that uh, uh, in terms of being wrong about things, out of the eight episodes we've watched so far, Three of them have rainy Seattle backdrop, which <laughs> it, rains clocked, all the, it rains all the time here. <laughs> I clocked the very first time we saw it. Like, this is the one and only time they do it in the whole series. We're never going to see this again. And we we're eight episodes in, like almost 50% of them have had rain, which is fair for Seattle. But I, I very much misremembered that. I assume that what you've done is you've, you've just tried to mislead me. You're like, I've given you bad intel so that every other spoiler I've given you so far isn't to be trusted. To defend Curtis is I think actually I'm going to give the show a compliment. The rain is really just a backdrop. It's for the most of the episodes it's that we've watched so far. Except for literally this one. uh, It's not like, well, 
it's not like a huge thing to me, at least. I don't know. Literally was used as a point of emphasis and to create an air of mystery. Y- yes, but like... And, that... and in the episode that, where they had rained before, it was literally used to further... I... A joke, at least. I guess my point is a lot of times, like shows in Seattle and other shows where it's like rainy or weather, they like talk about it all the time. Like, oh, we live in Seattle where the rain is. Like, they don't do that on the show. 50% of the time. 50%. How many shows about Seattle do you watch? Just Um, this and Grey's Anatomy. I've never watched Grey's Anatomy, surprisingly. I don't believe, I do not believe you. Um, There's a new show with Joel McHale called Animal Control or Animal Something that I watch. Oh, that's in Seattle. Yeah, it's in Seattle. Is it any good? Um, it's well, fine. they talk about the rain all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, continuing on, um, Niles is awesome in the scene. I thought Niles was like really good in the scene. I liked how calm he was when Frazier was acting a fool. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is I. I think this this episode is the first time we get to really see Frazier and Niles hang out and interact. That's true. Uh, yeah, this I mean we've seen we've seen some good scenes of them being kind of competitive brothers, but we haven't had an episode that's about the two of them like this. I yeah, I would say we haven't even had a whole scene of the two of them hanging out. This is really the first time we even get that and we get it in spades. Uh it was good. It, it was nice to see how they could potentially interact for 10 and a half more seasons. Oh, there's one other thing I wanted to say about the the weather, actually. So in this scene, there's a there's a for emphasis kind of moment of lightning. And so the lights flash. But it is so very clear that it's not real lightning coming from the window. Like it is just the the house lights flashing like it is. It is. I really clocked it as just a very poorly done effect. Yeah, we've commented on before. The effects are not great in this show. Um, so far, yeah, I, I, this one was okay. They were hamming it up on purpose. I didn't. I wasn't That's like. True. I wasn't taken out <laughs> of the moment. I was like, "Oh, you guys are being campy for fun. That's fine." And in fairness, these are like the 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 '90s four camera sitcoms. Like they are more a play than they are like a movie. Correct. So it is yeah. it is somewhat fair that they would have cheesy sets and cheesy effects like that. Correct. No, I think the one thing we can agree on is that uh, Frazier committing a crime totally in play doesn't surprise us whatsoever at this point. So can we can we talk about how, at least for me, when Frazier said he committed a crime, my first reaction was, no way this guy can commit a crime. Like I said no that way. I said that while I rolled my eyes. Was like, of yeah. course he committed a crime. He steals <laughs> binders every every third episode. I did think the, the the crime reveal was pretty funny. It was it was fairly mundane. I, again, stealing from an old lady is not really surprising. It totally no. fits with everything I've met from him. <laughs> well, let's not jump too far ahead. So let, let's get let's uh, wrap up the rest of this uh, opening segment. So but he doesn't he reveal that in this scene, the second part well, of the scene. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, in this scene, I think in this scene he basically just says there's a crime, and then the first like half of the episode is just Niles trying to get Frazier to spit out what the heck he did and Frazier just going on and on about honestly really irrelevant stupid shit um speaking of in his story Frazier is coughing up a storm at his radio show so Roz steps in once again to prove that he really doesn't work Frazier fixes the sign for his reserved parking spot and confronts the woman stealing it by awkwardly hitting on her wait so do you guys know do you know who the voice was for the caller no are you serious? Tell me, wait, wait, tell me it was Glenn Close. 
weirdly close. Babette, and this is true. I thought so when I double checked it. Babette is that voice is Helen Mirren. No way. I swear that is God. crazy. Yep, it is Helen Mirren. That is her. Oh, voice. and none of us chose to commit a crime against her. That's a shame. That is Babette. <laughs> But Beth's voice is Helen Mirren. I have no idea how it happened, but it is Helen Mirren. I had no chance of of picking up on that. This was this was a huge moment for the upside down. This is literally the second time he's been at work. Correct. Yeah. And he it's not at all surprising that he is horrible at it. Yeah, we his entire scene at work, um honestly the last scene of the series where he's really truly at work is him incapable of doing his job. And his non-psychiatrist uh, producer uh, jumping in to basically say, your job is irrelevant. You give the same advice every time. What a wasted life. I, I honestly thought, oh, is Raz a psychiatrist? That's interesting. And then immediately they poo-poo that. But it was I was I was definitely like up in the air for a second. Because she's the only one who's given any advice so far on the whole show. Yeah. I thought it was interesting for Frazier um, thinking about the next scene where he's uh, trying to fix his sign. Like he, a- he has to ask maintenance to lend him a hammer. It's, it's to me, it's completely out of character that he would try to fix it himself. Why wouldn't he just tell maintenance to go fix the sign? Well, I think it's out of character that he would know where maintenance is. He literally couldn't find his own office the next episode. Correct. And the, the, the like fake scene where Niles, I like, guess, is that he like smashed in a woman's car with the hammer. Um, no, he looked so uncoordinated. He looked like me trying to throw a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, well I, I guess we have every reason to, uh, to question the story. Uh, you know, we get to see the Niles point of view. Frazier's probably talking up his own skills. He probably watched a man hammer this sign. I do like I do like when they sprinkle in the moments of either character kind of giving like like proving to be an unreliable narrator and like retelling the story in a way that is uh, not exactly accurate. Um, that that's some fun. Yeah. How much would you guys love to beat the crap out of a car for your job? Oh, like he got man. paid to do that. That must have been a fun day at the office. He probably had to do like fifteen takes. He's like, ah, you know, are, are we sure we got it? Are we sure I hit the car well enough? Give me a couple more wax. I can really, I can really get a hole in there. Will you add that to the list of questions that we'll ask him when we get um, Kelsey Grammer on the show? Who's Kelsey Grammer? Do you mean Doctor oh, Crane? Doctor Crane, yes, correct. What if we? What if we were honestly? We got so big and so successful as a podcast that we actually could get actors from the show to agree to an interview, and we insisted we'll interview Kelsey Grammer, but you need to be in character as Fraser Crane. <laughs> <laughs> That would be awesome. I would want to interview Roz. I'd be like, how many times did they come up to you and just say, you don't have anything for me? And you had to like pitch something to them. It has to be about every, <laughs> every other episode. Uh, he, he's unsuccessful with the lady, which I think is, is fair to her. He's holding a hammer in a parking garage. Success rate has to be next to none historically for that, right? Yeah, what a scene. I mean, he he's clearly ready to lay into this woman who admittedly is is clearly just stealing his spot and knows that she's doing it and well, no, the minute he sees curtis, curtis the sign is sideways there's no oh, way she could have yeah, she couldn't possibly have known <laughs> i love that uh he sees that it's an attractive woman immediately 180s and just starts to like badly flirt with her and like 
takes way too long to get the hint. And finally, instead of just gracefully exiting, he like calls out that she's blowing him off. And in my favorite moment in the episode, she just kind of stares him down and then unlocks her car and drives away. Just like, I'm not even going to answer you. You know that it's true. Bye. <laughs> well, this, this is the moment that reali- makes him realize he has to spend $10,000 to get help. So this is him at his lowest. That's true. It's, it's a real setup. Uh, well, we get our first title card. How to deal with a dim bulb. <laughs> Frazier continues his exciting tale of Roseanne's mom asking him to change a light bulb. His oh. family reminisce with old photos while making Frazier feel lonely. And ultimately, Roseanne's mom calls him an old shoe. So he steals something from her. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so obviously I'm a huge Estelle Parsons fan. Why didn't they call out in the episode that she's uh, Roseanne's mom? That would have been very helpful. What if it was like a crossover? What? If, what if... <laughs> Why not, right? <laughs> and and another fun fact with Brad, because that's what I do on the show. Um, she's still alive. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that long ago. She was, well, I she don't was know. very spry in the episode. I was say I don't I don't necessarily think she was actually 83 but I think she says that she's 83 in the episode. I don't think well, the actress necessarily was, but it's it's not that far off. She's 95 now. I was going to say let's say she uh, was. If if you're yeah. that with it at 83, I, you could easily make it uh what would this yeah. be? 18 more years. Why not? So, so a little off, but she is 95 currently. Wow. She was great. She came out swinging. Yeah. That's Estelle Parsons. She's just great and everything. I also knew who she was the whole time. <laughs> I, 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 I was think... so excited to refer to her as Roseanne's mom. Yeah, and and I, I, I we all know I'm a big fan of old women, especially uh, people on great shows like Roseanne. We'll probably eventually do a Roseanne podcast, but for now, she's great in this show. What if we do a Roseanne podcast, but we only do it if we assume Roseanne's mom is... We'll, we'll always tie it back to this character of um opal yeah we'll refer to her as fraser's neighbor <laughs> um i think she was my favorite guest so far oh interesting over over uh, aaron eckert well as i guess hmm i mean he's the heart of the show but i <laughs> she i thought she was better how about, I what about the character frank what about, more what about jennifer tilly oh yeah jennifer tilly yeah, she was pretty good. I think it's it's pretty close between her and Opal. Rosie Perez. I mean, this show has been stacking them as they reach their finish line. Rosie Perez had twelve seconds. <laughs> it was a, it was a great twelve seconds. But... That's what I'm saying. Ooh, Jason Biggs. Don't forget about Jason Biggs. Probably our our worst guest star at this point. He was absolutely. He, I, I think he will be tough to beat in <laughs> five hundred more episodes. In terms of how bad he was. Are we, wait, I guess the real question is, are we, count, are we counting Helen Mirren as a guest star at this point? The, no. Just her voice? Uh, yeah, if they're uncredited, you don't give them guest star. Did you, did you catch, like, did you think, hmm, that seems familiar? Or were you just looking at the cast of this episode? For, for me? Yeah, for you. So, so that's you're a, the one who knew who it was. This is this is a true story, and uh, as you guys know, I don't know why I haven't brought this up beforehand. When I was watching the show, every time there was a caller, I always googled who it was to see if it was someone famous. I don't know. I was just intrigued by it, um, and I woke 
I won't give any of the other ones away, but I was just super intrigued by it. So I saw that this was Helen Mirren and had to talk about it. I was like, that's when I said, so in our pre-show notes, when I said I'm really excited for this episode, this is what I was referring to because I knew the two of you would have no idea. Okay. I am very weird. So you, you Googled all five times that he was at work and had someone call in? Uh, Ryan, I have, this is not a spoiler, but uh, it's going to be a lot more than five. Let's just say that. Six? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, can't, it can't be much more than that. You know no one called in that last episode, right? No, I, I meant, I, sorry, when I watched the show originally, not this time, but I watched the show the first time before I knew we were doing a podcast. Yeah, every yeah. Time I'd watched, yeah, every time I'd watched an episode of there, it hit me a caller. Like we're all know, on the same page. Yeah, I'd like to know who people are. I'm a friendly guy. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, okay. We got, I mean, there's a lot to break down in this, ep- in this scene, right? Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would like to hear what else you'd like to add, Ryan. Uh, well, okay. Out, out the rip. He gives cameras as gifts. I, I always think cameras are dumb gifts. I did wonder because they were gushing about how good the pictures are from the camera. But I wonder, like, would a ten-year-old camera be better than a new camera? Like, I feel like, I feel like technology is always getting always getting better. It's weird that the old camera they never used would be like still making ten-year. Like, like I feel like a two thousand four camera would be better than a nineteen ninety four camera. No, definitely, hundred percent. But I, I never want to get a camera from someone. I, it, camera is one of those things. I will buy it if I need it. Do not give it to me as a gift. I'm never going to use it. Okay. Well, in fairness, you live in a world where you no, have no, a camera in your pocket. Pre-smartphone. I thought they were dumb gifts. Okay. That's fair. And Fraser backs me up. Thank you, Fraser. <laughs> well, I, I do like that uh, there's another bit of uh, the two characters uh, having different versions of the scene. So, like, Niles tells part of the story where him and, and Daphne are, are kind of grateful and and then martin and ronnie are both grateful for you know what they have and they're just being really nice and then fraser's like that's not how it happened and then in his version they're like really rubbing it in his face that they have somebody (laughs) and he doesn't and i i just love that little bit oh yeah that is nice fraser is plagued by guilt but also the thrill of stealing he demands niles help him return what he stole well, this is, this is the first one where I noted that Fraser and, and Niles clearly need to, to interact more often because they, they yeah. are, they do a yes. good job. Yeah. This is, like, yes. it, I'm looking, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about this episode. I like forgot about every other character except for the two of them because of how well they work together in, the, in this episode. I think we, we could have easily got away with the rest of the cast not being here. They, um, they don't have a ton to do. And, and another fun fact is I found, I learned uh, um, that one of the reasons why they casted the two of them together is because they kind of look like each other and could pass as brothers, which I agree with. I don't think that at all. They both have big foreheads. That's really a, about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that I, I don't think they're implausible as brothers, but I, I don't know if I had not had the context of this show and them playing brothers. I'm not sure I would have guessed at them being related yeah how can we test that out let's think about that and we'll get back okay you work on that and we'll we'll come back to it when you're ready all right sounds good thanks buddy Frazier and niles enter opal's apartment and immediately are caught up in a surprise party they pretend to be part of turns out Frazier stole opal's olympic gold nope olympic bronze medal 
which they just so happened to be planning to take a photo with. Frazier and Niles conspire to distract the group so they can return the medal, then slink away piggyback. It's not, it wasn't piggyback. It was on his shoulders. Oh, piggyback's the one where you're, uh, you're kind of around the waist. It's one way to describe it, I guess. Like where your arms are over the shoulders instead of the legs being over the shoulders. Yeah, yeah. Very different. Okay. You said you read the show notes and yet you didn't correct that before I read that. Why? I had to call you out on the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's important. Okay. So a lot in this scene. Yeah, you check off again. It's like breaking into old lady's house or apartment. Uh, obviously, something that was going to happen for the cranes. I, it was only a matter of time. Well, and it's such a it's such a quick turnaround. Presumably, she just left for her her date, and they're sneaking in. They don't bother to turn the lights on. They think they can do this in the dark for some reason. And then, as soon as they get in, an entire group of people show up all at once. And just like 30 seconds later, Opal and her date return. Like, it's so quick. Like, the timeline is insane for this scene. Yeah, I think forgive a little bit of TV magic, plot armor, whatever. Fine. But it is, it does seem like you would hear them coming. (laughs) You'd probably be scouting out when Opal was leaving. And then you would, you would head in there. But they also, they they dilly-dally. They're dilly-dalliers. Yeah. Well, I do love uh, the, the, and you kind of know that's what they're going to do, but I do love the attempt at like, let's just pretend we're part of the surprise. Like it, could, it couldn't be a better cover. Just it's a surprise party. Let's just hop out and yell surprise. And then I love that it almost doesn't work. Like the, everybody's like, well, who the fuck are you? And why are you in this house? Like, what the hell? No, it's one guy and it's the DA. Wow. Uh, this is the most natural Frazier has seen the whole show. He felt t- totally at ease in this entire scene. From the second he does the surprise to everything thereafter. It's like, Frazier's in his element. He's a criminal. He's living his best crime life. He's running on adrenaline. Oh, he's doing it well. Other than giving Niles instructions, also just put the, the metal anywhere. I thought that same thing. Why are they futzing yes. with putting it back in the right spot? Like, it doesn't matter. It, nobody's going to be like, wait, this has been moved somewhere we didn't think it was it must be these two people stole it and are giving it back like what on earth was their thinking there i had no idea as soon as they entered the apartment it was like just drop the metal drop the metal and leave what are you doing no reason to ditz just it could be right on the it could be right at like at the doorway Absolutely. she wouldn't be like i bet someone stole this and then brought it back i bet you it was fraser he was in my apartment earlier today if <laughs> you do make a joke earlier in the episode about uh Niles's fingerprints being on it. So, uh, given how paranoid they are and how like goody two shoes they are, and now they're like breaking the law in their minds, I can imagine where they would think like if we ju- if we don't put this exactly in the right place, the forensic scientists are coming out and they're going to nab us. It does seem like Opal's chill enough though that he could just tell her the whole story and she would have laughed about it. That woman doesn't care about any of it. Yeah. The whole family's like, we need to take a picture with her medal. And she's like, whatever. It was a long time ago. She tells a story in this scene about how she met Hitler at the Olympics. And the only reason she didn't shake his hand is because it seemed like it might be sweaty. Like she came up to Hitler and was like, I mean, he's fine. I just, he looks kind of gross. I thought, I did think that was a very funny use of Hitler. Like we've all heard all of the ways you could invoke Hitler. 
That's probably the only time I've ever heard. Uh, well, his hands were sweaty. I wasn't going to shake them for that. I I left. I I left hysterically at that comment. I was like, I think I'd probably say the same thing. I was a big fan. Sorry, what? <laughs> I I, I Did you I say you're like, a big fan of Hitler? No, I'm a big fan of that reaction. I thought that was good. The reaction where she doesn't care about the murdering of six million Jews. She just doesn't want to touch a a, a moist hand. Uh, yeah. Ex- <laughs> Okay, when you say it like that, you used to say I'd be the same way. (laughs) (laughs) Under what context? The fact that you'd get a bronze medal in the Olympics, or that you wouldn't shake Hitler's hand because it was sweaty? Um, uh, um, (laughs) uh, I cannot talk right now. Um, you're being very eloquent. Um, my point is, um. My point is that um, it is. Is it written down uh, in your notes there? Thank you. I'm I'm like reading. I can't. This is how exhausted I am. I I haven't written down. I still can't even get the words out. I just did did an actual spit take. As you should. (laughs) What what I'm what I'm trying to say is I um I wouldn't do either of that kind of stuff. Sorry, but I liked like the joke is what I was trying to say. I thought it was a funny joke in the moment. I am not saying I would shake Hitler's hands. I'm sorry if it came off that way. (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to edit this down to just, I would shake Hitler's hand. (laughs) At no point did you come off pro Hitler, but you didn't come up, come off anti Hitler. That's the thing. She's so chaotic neutral. Like she's not, She's not, uh, she's not like, fuck that guy, but she's also obviously not praising him. She's just like, I don't know, take, I, I, I take him away, might leave him. No, she, I mean, she was an Olympic athlete. She wasn't worried about the politics of the day. She was just trying to get third place in a running game. That was her whole focus. I I do like the moment where Frazier calls her out as winning third place. (laughs) Like she's a gold bronze medalist and he's giving her shit for not getting the gold. Yeah, he's still salty because she took him to task earlier in the day. He's a very salty man. Yeah. We didn't talk about it much, but it was delightful to have her, like, like when you are first introduced to her, you're like, oh, man, this is an annoying old lady who's just going to, like, bore him to death. And then very quickly, it's like, oh, no, he thinks he's the boring one. <laughs> yeah, we didn't give her enough props for that. She she totally deserves some some kudos. She owns Frasier more than anyone has in the show to date and probably will for a little bit. I mean, she just, she flat out lays him out and she's an old lady. Totally. Former Olympian. Don't get me wrong, but she works them. Maybe I missed it. Did they say what sport she won the Olympic gold bronze? In? I oh. keep saying running. So it must be running. I, perfect memory over here. Yeah. I don't, I don't recall. Okay. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss that. I literally wrote down. Did they say what show, what episode I could remember? You literally <laughs> wrote down your question. Cool. <laughs> I'm very cool. Um, can we can we give? There's another old lady in this scene that I want to give props to. Uh, Niles has his the, the jacket that has the medal in it taken from him, put on a bed as you do at a party. Oh uh, yes! And immediately, like I don't know where this woman came from or why she and like this old lady just immediately went on the bed and slept weirdly on it, just like exactly on that one and only coat. Like, what the hell happened that that woman is just sleeping on his coat? Yeah, I don't know. Are old people just out there living their best life? And I was unaware. Like, they're just going so hard. They pass out the second they get back to an apartment. Like, that was 
That was wild. I mean, it's clear Opal is, you know, work hard, play hard. Definitely. She is, she is definitely, uh, I mean, if, if I wanted to hang out with somebody in their 80s, she's the one, for sure. Yeah, it's between her and Brad. <laughs> I'm not in my 80s. I just act like I'm in my 80s. And I'd rather be with Opal, so. Yeah. Also, Opal, also yeah. there's no Brad on this podcast. My name is Bradley. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was crazy, though. Like, she not only did she pass out, when Niles does wake her up, she is, like, clearly in another state you know he can talk her down pretty quick while re-stealing the metal essentially yeah yeah i mean and and then you get this kind of extended uh kind of a slapstick bit where niles is climbing the ladder and and almost falling a few times and fraser has to distract the group and all that stuff is happening but literally at any point he could have just set the thing anywhere on the shelf it would not have mattered one. In fact, I thought, why doesn't Niles just like insist? Oh, I'll get the medal. Like, and then, you know, <laughs> like pretend like he's grabbing it off the shelf and not out of his pocket. Like there were so many like sensible outs and they go for the weirdest distract them and dangle from a ladder plan. Curtis, because it was very sick of me. Very sick of me. It, yes, was, it was it was frustrating though. It it just was. And it was to a point where you're like, you're making this too hard. I know you guys are smart idiots, but come on, do anything else. I, I assume the writers kind of went backwards. They said we want to bump Niles' head twice while being on <laughs> Fraser's shoulders. What can we yeah. do? How do we work backwards from there? <laughs> See, I think I think it might be the other way around. I think maybe Kelsey Grammer saw the the writing on the wall. This show was ending, and he really wanted to show off that he was still youthful and virile and so he insisted on an episode where he could show some upper body strength and this is what they came up with (laughs) (laughs) i'm not sure i could have predicted that fraser could pull that off or kelsey Grammer could pull that off niles doesn't look very heavy but still it seemed unlikely do you think david hyde pierce was like on a wire like they were like holding him up mostly (laughs) Edit, edit to our list of questions when we get david hyde pierce on the show yeah, because you know you can't trust Kelsey Grammer's answer there. Right. He'll say they weighted Niles down with bricks. So I, I, this, was, this scene is also the most uh, psychobabble we get out of uh, Dr. Crane, which, you know, he's all doing it for quackery, but it, it's interesting. This is really the only time we see it, it come to use at all so far. It's just to dupe others. Yeah, well, he also, before he gets into that, he spends a lot of time trying to tell a story to distract. And he is incapable of coming up with any story that might engage the audience. And instead, just retells the time she gave him tea and cookies. And she's delighted. She's like, oh, yeah, that is a good story. Credit to him, though. It's, he tells it well. It is a story of a man grabbing a cookie, but I, I was engaged. <laughs> Were you? I mean, he does it slowly. I wouldn't say he does it in a way that's interesting. He, he needed Niles to get up a ladder, and that is pretty much it. He's also giving direction during this cookie uh, exchange. It was great. Brad, where were you on that? Are you you often tell stories that are mundane and have no point. What? How did that go? <laughs> I, here's the thing. I love super boring stories, so I like get so intrigued. I'm just like... Give me more details that are unnecessary to tell people. (laughs) 
like like who you googled before this episode yeah this is not exactly this has not come up on this show yet but um ryan always gives me a hard time in my dating life because when i talk to girls i like to talk logistics and i'm not charming in any way it's the same thing i like boring details (laughs) you do you like to talk logistics that's why that's that scene with jennifer tilly really hit home for you (laughs) (laughs) exactly well we get our next title card it's Oedipal undies. Oh, you know what? I didn't say that out loud. That's funny. (laughs) So, so I was thinking the whole time. I can't wait for Curtis to say that because I don't know how it's pronounced. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I will. I also will say when I saw it, I had to pause because I was like, "Wait, what does that say?" And I had to. I had to say it out loud to myself to recognize what it was a pun of. I'm going to tell you, I don't recognize a silent O. I'm saying the O every time. If you put an O in the word, I'm saying it. Oe de pal is yeah. yeah. Thank goodness we have an English major on the show. Thank <laughs> no, no, I I majored in computers. Believe it or not. Uh no, he's talking about me, but that's not why I know it. I know it because of my psychological issues. <laughs> so Fraser is looking at the old photos, and Martin comes to offer some sage advice about late in life shakeups and romance. Um, what did, did he? <laughs> I don't remember it because I only remember what the title card's referring to. Okay. Well, this is the scene where where, where Frazier is kind of bumming out because he's alone and and he's boring and he's in a rut. And and Martin comes in and basically his say, wife. "Yeah, that was weird. I don't. I I didn't know what to make of that. But yes, he he also in addition to that, he he tells Frazier about how you know he's um." Uh, he was, he's an old man and he wasn't expecting to find, you know, this wonderful, you know, oh, yeah. future he wife. Say that. Yeah. So like, he's basically telling him, don't give up. It's never too late. I think he's wrong, but he did say that. <laughs> uh, wh- why was Martin so eager to get Fraser and Ronnie to hook up? What, what, what was happening? It's one thing to make like a weird passing joke, which still would be weird. He was like excessive about it. He like returned. Yeah. He just wanted his parents to, I mean, his, his dad and soon to be stepmom to have some loving. I'm sorry. His dad and his what? stepmom. What? Did I, did I say that wrong? <laughs> yeah. Way wrong. Martin was the one pushing this weird joke. Oh, now I understand. Do you? No. <laughs> You, you know what Oedipal means, right? Yeah, yes, I know what underwear means. Um, yeah, that joke did not uh, uh, work out the way I imagined. Oh boy! Um, oh god! Great episode! Great yeah, episode! Yeah, it's gonna be real fun. Frazier plays this out with Niles having stolen a sherry glass and Frazier having stolen Niles's keys. Yeah, I, not much to say here. I thought it was a, probably my favorite. Uh, tossed salad and scrambled egg scene. Interesting. I mean, I don't really remember any of the other ones that well, but yeah, interesting. I mean, this one was, it was good. It was fun. It was whatever. <laughs> you sound very dismissive of it. I mean, it, it's a joke. It works. It makes sense for the episode, but it wasn't like, holy yeah. shit. They, you know, I mean, all of these are pretty middling. The next best one was a lady laughing at a dead body. That's the second. Oh, best that one. was the best one for sure. That was the best one. I, I guess my take on all the toss salad and scramble leagues, it's similar to what you guys are saying is I'm really only looking to see what's funny. Like that's the point of them. They're supposed to be funny. Um, what did you think we were talking and, about? Were we? <laughs> no, 
No, I'm just I'm just overemphasizing what you're saying. God, I'm making no sense tonight. Um, and, he just and, wants to talk the logistics of the scene. Exactly. Well, well I'll, let's give you a chance to talk logistics. Brad, was this a good episode? Uh, okay, great question. Thank you. Um, I th- I thought it was mid-level episode. Like the storylines were kind of dumb. I thought it was actually one of the funniest ones we've seen so far. Um, I thought it was very funny. I'm gonna give wait, it. Wait, wait. So you give ratings based on the how impactful it is to the overall storyline? I, I, <laughs> You're not I, going for just the funny. Thank you. I take thank you for that question. Um, I'm very respectful tonight. I take everything into consideration: acting, uh, choreography, um, uh, the type of the the type of coffee that they get so, at so, the. Um, first of all, you're saying that this one's mostly the funny, and everything else is by the wayside. But this is the episode that probably has the most choreography of anything we've seen. Can, can you let me finish rambling? Yes, and maybe then I can give you my score. It hasn't been crisp so far, so maybe. Not even a little bit. Um, uh, at the end of the day, I'm going to give this score a B minus. Okay. I don't know if we usually call that scores, but fine. But what specifically would you give the choreography? Oh, the, the choreography in this episode? B plus. Okay. Good. Curtis, Curtis, it's your turn. All right. So I'll be honest. I, I can tell that both of you like this one better than me. I did not love this one. I, I agree that it was kind of middling. Um, a lot of the jokes require, I think, really shaky story and character beats. Like, I didn't think they were that funny on their own, like as jokes. And I thought they kind of didn't work. Like, like, like I couldn't believe that the setup would happen to get to the payoff. So um, I would have forgiven a lot of that if it was like really funny, but I just, I didn't think this was that funny. Um, so I actually, out of all eight episodes we've watched so far, I actually ranked this eight out of eight. This is the one I, I think I like wow. the least. Oh, oh, oh very wow. Surprised. Very surprised. That is surprising. And Ryan, you tell us, uh, you know, you're, this is the upside down. You're, you're out of your Charlotte world. Uh, it's a whole new show. What did you think? Yeah, I am, I'm going to try hard not to give it a uh, bump because Charlotte's not involved. That does help. But I think we're, we're getting a lot of moving goalposts here. You guys rank some of these different than me because I have no expectation based on how this show started. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought the first two episodes were just horrible. Right. And it's it's kind of been tough to predict it since then. So I actually think that this episode, I'm going to give it the actual exact score I gave last episode, 8.3, but I'm going to move down the last episode. I'm going to bump that down to an 8.1. I I liked a lot of what we did here. Okay. Yeah. It helps that we we recognize the real main characters, which I think is the brother relationship. We'll see if that pans out. So far, it has not at all. And every other character kind of got swept to the wayside. Again, that's why it's nice, because all three of us are really coming in with different perspectives. Like Curtis, you said you haven't really watched the show in probably ten years. You said something like that, yeah. Yeah, I just finished watching it, and Ryan has no idea anything. So, three different perspectives, correct. three different rating systems, <laughs> and, and and I will say, you know, uh, you know, it's interesting that you're reducing the previous episode to an eight point one. Uh, I assume at this point we've only released a few of the episodes, but um, at the time of this recording, but we're on episode eight. I assume by now we've built enough of a cult following that somebody's built a wiki, a fan wiki of our show and are are dutifully recording all of the ratings and, and everything. So I hope they'll take note that uh, they need to go back to last episode and, and uh, amend it. 
there's actually competing wikis. So one's kind of like a Frasier-based wiki, one's kind of a Niles-based wiki. But yeah, yeah, there's two wikis. All right. Well, uh, I want to I want to touch base on something uh, that I don't think we've really ever addressed. So every every episode, Ryan, we ask you as somebody who's never seen the show to take a stab at what you think is coming up on the next episode. And we've we've you've done it. And we don't really we can't address in the moment whether it's accurate or not. And we never really circle back to it to, to take a look at how accurate your projections were. Um, but this was an episode that I, I really thought was worth um, kind of investigating that a little. Because I think even though we thought this would be the hardest one for you to, to guess at, because it was the first time the story arc had been closed with Charlotte, so you had kind of nothing to go on, I actually think you did surprisingly well with your guesses. So to Ooh. recap, um, some of the things you guessed last time, I'm not going to mention the things where you missed, because I don't think it's worth uh, breaking over the coals. Uh, but the things you did get right, um, you guessed that Fraser would go to work. Happened. <laughs> it's, that is truly unlikely. That's a very shocking one to have landed. This one's a bit of a stretch, but you guessed that Roz was going to ask him why he came to work. And I think we got <laughs> a version of that in her doing his job for her or doing her. Do, yeah, sorry. We got we a version of that with her <laughs> doing his job for him. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then you also said that uh, Niles would be ridding an apartment of vermin, um, which didn't quite happen either. This is another kind of a stretch, but I mean, he is asked to go into an apartment and like replace something and, and fix something. He shooed that old lady off of a metal. Right. So that's pretty close. Right. <laughs> and then the final thing I want to mention, which I thought was just, uh, this is kind of the, the closing argument for me. Now you said it'd be Daphne, which was incorrect. But you did correctly guess there would be someone on a ladder in this episode. And Niles is married to Daphne. So that's a pretty close call. I, I could not believe when I, when I realized that you had guessed somebody would be on a ladder in this episode and it came true. I wish I would have thought of that because I, I remember Ryan saying that. Gosh darn it. Usually I pick up on those things. It was a real stretch with the title being Coots and Ladders. And all of this is leading me to a question for you, Brian. I want to test your psychic abilities. Okay. In this episode that you just watched, Daddy Do or Daddy Don't? Oh, man. I've really fallen into a false sense of security here. <laughs> I, we didn't check in last time, right? I, I don't do it every episode. I'm not going to ask I you every think, episode, but some episodes... I think he's been in exactly one episode, so I'm pretty confident. I am decently... I'm somewhat... I'm, I'm a tiny bit confident that Daddy don't. Is that your final answer? Yes. Was that your um, who wants to be a millionaire noise? That's my attempt. Uh, yes, Reed, just final answer. Well, as far as I could tell, you are correct. I did not see Eddie in this episode. Well done. And is that because he's not actually part of the show? Clearly, he was a figment of Fraser's imagination one time. Why don't you tell us, Ryan? Why don't you let us know what we can expect next week when we cover the previous episode, season 11, episode 16, Boo! Uh, Happy to. Curtis? Prediction for Boo. It's Halloween in Seattle. Niles has decided that this is the year he is putting his foot down. No more Halloween. 
Frazier, bored with absolutely no social life, sets out to convince Niles that spirits are real. Martin and Ronnie enjoy some spirits of their own, dressed for the occasion before running into Frazier. When Ronnie is in the powder room, Martin tries to convince Frazier to put on his costume to dupe his fiance. Roz takes Daphne shopping, I guess. Oh, man. I, I just spent all that time praising you for your predictive abilities, and you don't even know how to count backwards in the seasons and recognize that we're nowhere close to Halloween. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was hoping you were going to point that out. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Wait, what? We haven't even how seen a Christmas work? episode in this season that we're working backwards from. I don't know Correct. when I don't know when this show starts. Maybe they do it off cycle. I don't know. This was made in 2004. This is not a 2023 12 episode like single camera show. We're close to the writer's wait, strike. I don't wait. know. That's true. In Ryan's in Ryan's defense, he did ask us if each season had 12 episodes. Yes. Recently. That was last time. <laughs> well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, thanks to Kevin McLeod for our theme music. And as for you, dear listener, we don't want you engaging with the show. Don't email us your thoughts or questions to reversepsychpod at gmail.com. Don't tell your friends and certainly don't share this podcast on your social medias. And whatever you do, you better not subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get the show. So for myself, Ryan, and Brad, poached eggs all over my feet, what is a girl to do? What? What? Uh, well, okay. Out, out the rip. His, um, yeah, I don't remember enough of what that was in reference to. Uh, you know what? Let, let's just, I think you, okay. So I'm pretty confident. I am decently, I'm somewhat, I'm, I'm a tiny bit confident. I don't know where we are, Curtis. I have no idea how this thing works. Uh, yeah, I'm be honest. I, uh, because, because it's, or doing her, yeah sorry is um you know uh uh i don't uh i mean it's, it's gonna be a crime of passion how about that i, I just can't. this is oh god this episode um um uh um uh, well, i cannot talk right now um that i would not um my point is um my point is that um, it is not what I'm trying. What I'm what I'm trying to say is I um, I I would shake Hitler's hand. Bronze.